but it's essentially hearing customer stories about how they've embraced technology and are now kind of doing something different than they've ever done previously. And I think that's what's so fascinating for me about technology and where we are today, right? Like if you think about two or three years ago, uh, most of our customers were just beginning to consume public cloud. And there was still a question about, is this real? You know, is my data safe in the cloud and everything else? Now that we've seen that adoption, most of our customers are looking now for their next opportunity. And that's really about the ability to ingest massive amounts of data and do yeah. something meaningful with it in real time. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Data Binge Podcast. I'm your host, Derek Russell, and today we have a really awesome discussion for you. We recorded this live from Microsoft Envision in San Francisco on October 22nd, 2019. Microsoft Envision is an annual multi-city tour with intimate conference-style innovation and industry collaborations focused on helping business leaders really modernize their business with the use of technology, of course, across the digital veins of Microsoft's stack. The majority of the presentations focused on how the business landscape is evolving, how it's moving, and what types of strategies and business models leaders are looking to deploy at scale in today's era. Our special guest on the episode today, you're really going to like this, is Ken Miller whom I caught for a quick LinkedIn live broadcast in between sessions at the conference and just before lunch. Ken is the general manager for Microsoft's Azure Intelligent Cloud in the West region. So as you can imagine, when you think about the Western US, there's some coverage across some really strategic, interesting, and just massive organizations and brands. So think about Southern California, Northern California, Oregon, Seattle, Nevada, Colorado, a bunch of other different states in that area. And Ken has quite the exposure to some really provocative ideas and practices. You get to know a little more about Ken throughout our quick talk. And as a certified level one sommelier, he's even got some tips for you wine fanatics out there. So hang on tight. Please enjoy. And now I bring you Ken Miller. What's up, everyone? This is Derek Russell. I'm here with Ken Miller here at Microsoft Envision in San Francisco. This is the second time that we've done this, so if you've seen the first round, be patient. This is the better, the better of the two. Right. It's called beta technology, I think, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We work for a tech company, so you know how to pivot. We're going to make this nice, short, and sweet. But we're here at Microsoft Envision in San Francisco. This is my first Envision. Um, pretty fun. Um, just from my perspective already, a lot of business leadership around how we can really make technology a servant business strategy, That's right. some really great business leaders that are coming. We're going to have to uh, jet over to a lunch really quick to have that uh, couple meetings there. But Ken, what do you do here at Microsoft? And can you tell us a little bit about what this whole Envision thing is about? Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, so first of all, thanks for having me today. I really appreciate it. been at Microsoft now for about 17 years, always in the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, 2010, started working on the Azure platform, um, running various sales teams back in 2010, obviously very early, early days. Um, internally, we call it Red Dog. Uh, ever since that time, I've been leading different um, Azure teams, like I said, and about two years ago, I took a role that we call Intelligent Cloud Lead. So I have responsibilities across the West region for our Azure business. Um, think Azure, data and AI, et cetera, just across the West. Um, awesome opportunity and a great part of the United States. Awesome, awesome. So um, being in San Francisco and understanding that you have been supporting the Northwest, 
for a, a, a last year, last fiscal year, and, and years past. That's right. And now that there's been a merger between the Southwest and the Northwest, yeah. how has that been? Like, what are some sticking points or some challenges and some things that you're excited about? Yeah, no, it's, first of all, it's, it's been a great opportunity, right? I mean, as you said, we had two distinct regions, um, Northwest, Southwest. I think the real opportunity for me is meeting many, many, many new customers that I haven't had the chance to work with previously, um, mm-hmm. some huge brands, quite honestly, and then meeting people like you and other teams that I haven't worked with previously. I've learned a ton. Um, it's, it's been great to see how, you know, the former Southwest supports accounts, opportunities, engages with customers, different orchestration models. So it's been tons of learning. I've been on the road a ton. And the, you know, the, tra- the travel's been pretty insane, uh, as we talked <laughs> yeah. about previously. I feel like I but, see you like I, randomly like <laughs> yeah. in our Irvine office. Exactly. I'm like, oh, hey, Ken, what's up? <laughs> exactly. That's what happened like, last Friday or something. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. overall, it's been great, man. It's been, how's it been for you? I mean, so you're on the other end of it, right? Yeah, it's been really great. I think, to your point, just meeting new people, I think is awesome. Meeting you, yeah. uh, just new, learnings and people and assets that you can tap into that, that weren't there before. Um, I think on your side of things, there's a lot of technology mm-hmm. facing customers, which is cool because a lot of the customers I work with, especially specifically in the power utilities, right. heavy engineering space, they're trying to transform, not only have us help them with IT and business optimization, but hey, how do these, these big organizations become uh, technology companies? So I think learning from the customers that you've been serving the last couple of years now and just kind of onboarding those learnings has been super crucial for me. Yeah, and no, I think it's, it's super cool. I mean, one of the quotes that I heard today at Envision, um, Judson was speaking and he said, you know, we we're talking about the concept of digital transformation, right? And he really said, just to kind of boil it down, it's essentially, you know, our customers transforming using technology, right? Mm-hmm. To transform the way they do business, to tr- transform the way they interact with their customers, their employees, finding new ways to essentially um, you know, bring modern business forward. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I thought that was really cool. And I think, you know, I don't have a technology background. Um, understanding that there's a skills gap. Yeah. Understanding that it's not just about IT, it's not just about technology, but really understanding that there is a business component. We've invited all these amazing uh, business leaders to yeah. this event to collaborate and understand. I'm getting texts real time like, oh, this, this, this success story that you guys are talking about right now with connected devices and digital twins, this is really cool, Derek. We should have a discussion here. Yeah. And it's all like lighting up new capabilities that have nothing to do with technology. Um, it's more like what business outcomes they're really trying to get to and how can we reverse engineer to figure those things out. Yeah, I mean, I think the business outcome conversation is super important, and that's why I love Envision, because it's not us pitching you know, all of our technology, but it's essentially hearing customer stories about how they've embraced technology and are now kind of doing something different than they've ever done previously. And I think that's what's so fascinating for me about technology and where we are today, right? Like, if you think about two or three years ago, uh, most of our customers were just beginning to consume public cloud, and there was still a question about, is this real? You know, is my data safe in the cloud and everything else? Now that we've seen that adoption, most of our customers are looking now for their next opportunity. And that's really about the ability to ingest massive amounts of data and do something meaningful with it in real time. I mean, that's similar to a lot of the stories we heard today, quite honestly, right? Yeah, yeah. I really like how Judson kind of, and and for those that don't know Judson Altoff, he's the EVP of our worldwide uh, commercial business. And he talked about this concept of the digital feedback loop. So you have, you know, how are you trying to transform your products? What data is going into those products? Right. Being refreshed, coming off of those products, and like think of like IoT sensors or applications. And Absolutely. You have people on the shop floor, then you have your customers that are engaging with bots on the data. Then you're all these different things that you're doing, and then in the middle you're kind of trying to like optimize your operations and yeah. make things go faster. 
And I think that's just a very cool concept. It has nothing to do with exchange, right. servers, right. office. Right. We're not on that team. You know, it's, 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 a, it's a great capability, but hey, yeah. you know, we're really here for the intelligent cloud. Right. Um, so what are some fun conversations that you've had? recently yeah. no, I, mean, I, I just kind of like excite you yeah no, I, I think it's really about helping our customers understand the art of what is possible with our platform right like all of the technologies that we're talking about today like AI and ML you mm -hmm. know really hot buzzwords right mm -hmm. um, the ability to consume data like I was talking about earlier um, you know the ability to analyze data predictive maintenance IOT mm -hmm. all of that type of stuff helping our customers have that vision and understand what is possible and then to your point what is the business outcome? Like, it's great we have all, all this technology. Let's go out and do a big hack fest and everything else. But at the yeah. end of the day, how is this going to change your business? How is it going to hit your top line, bottom line? How is it going to create, you know, a better culture for your employees? Mm -hmm. um, if you bring AI into your call center, you know, what, what does that do to your employees? It allows them to do something, you know, better and different probably, right? Yeah. So, I mean, those are the types of conversations that excite me. I think we are just on the tip of the iceberg. We're starting to see some customers kind of early adopters leverage the, the power of data and AI, ML, um, artificial intelligence is a huge conversation. So it's all of that that I mean, it's exciting. Every day we're having these conversations. Yeah, and I, I completely agree. And I, I love those kind of, kinds of discussions, especially being in the data and AI side. Yeah. We just had a, a hackathon last week where we brought in this um, uh, a business in Southern California. They wanted to look at forms recognizer because it had all these documents, yeah. heavy, heavy contracts, documents, work orders, W-2s, whatever. They wanted to do advanced OCR and key value pairing with our uh, out-of-the-box cognitive uh, services suite to figure out how to take the data away from that and do something with it. Yeah. Um, and in just real time, hey, the customer has different security um, kind of firewalls. There's like, you know, they have different data sources, applications, yeah. and just being in a room with them and kind of understanding, having the product team call in and realize, you know, real time that this is super tough and we're trying to solve it with them together. I think that's really cool. Yeah, it's totally. I, I mean, I've heard a bunch of similar stories, right, where you know customers like in um, you know, the, the legal field have literally tens of thousands of pages of documents. They want to make them searchable, and they essentially get metadata out of them, right? And they start to see patterns and trends and everything else. I mean, all of those concepts, you know, customer loyalty, right? You go shopping, you scan a card because you're a frequent shopper. You know, they now understand your buying patterns, can make product recommendations. You know, all of that is just becoming super prominent. Um, and we're in the middle of all of those conversations, which is great. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So. Quick question on talent. Like, yeah. How are you looking at hiring talent? You're in San Francisco, yeah. love the energy here. Everyone's all about tech. Like, did yeah, an yeah. internet speed run, like, speed test out in the street? And it's just like yeah, yeah. quadruple what it is in, you know, my hometown yeah. in Vermont. So, like, everyone's tech facing here. Like, what's the hardest part about yeah. choosing talent? I mean, I think it's, um, there are huge challenges because there is so much technology coming out of Silicon Valley, so many startups coming up every day, which is great, right, for mm -hmm. the tech industry in general. Um, but what it creates is huge demand for top talent, right? When you think mm -hmm. about solution architects or specialist mm -hmm. sellers that have tech, deep technical backgrounds, I mean, it's very, very difficult to recruit those types of individuals. Mm -hmm. Fortunately, Microsoft has never been in a better place kind of in the market. So there mm -hmm. are many, many, many people that want to work for Microsoft now, mm -hmm. right? So we're seeing a lot of talent come in, but it's still very, very tough. Um, because there's so much technology in the San Francisco Bay Area. There are challenges yeah. all yeah. over the West, but I think we see it, you know, the biggest challenge right here in the Bay Area. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, and then before I ask some personal questions about your hobbies and stuff, yeah. guys, feel free to ask some comments, um, put any questions you may have, even if you're not watching this live real time, we'll definitely get back to you in terms of um, what you're interested in and things that we can talk about. So 
quickly on the wine stuff. Yeah. So you're level one SOM. I am. Like, can you tell us about like why you enjoy wine and maybe give us a tip for someone that would just enjoys wine, like something I can do to start thinking about being a better uh, provocateur of wine? Sure, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so the wine thing for me, I mean, um, I love to drink wine. Um, I enjoy it as a hobby. I've studied wine. I love, um, really have a passion for meeting winemakers, understanding kind of, you know, what went into the wine that they made, right? You know, everything from kind of the soil, appellation, where did the grapes come from? Were they grown locally? Where did they come from another vineyard? Um, and I think just exploring those stories and understanding kind of, you know, the passion that the winemaker had mm-hmm. when they produce this, right? And some years are great, others aren't. But mm-hmm. um, just really kind of uh, loving those types of stories. A couple months ago, uh, my family and I were lucky enough to travel to Europe and we went to France and Italy and so did a bunch cool. of wine tasting and everything else. And it's totally different. Um, you know, I think that like for someone like you that is into it a bit, um, you know, you use the term reverse engineering a couple minutes ago. I tell people this all the time, right? Like, don't worry about like smell and taste and, you know, I get, you know, a hint of this or a hint of that. It's more about finding something you enjoy and then asking yourself like, why you enjoy it, right? What flavors do you taste? What smells do you smell, et cetera? And kind of just reverse engineering it and then drink another glass of wine and you know, ask yourself how they're different and you'll quickly be able to understand like, well, that first wine was far more dry and I didn't like that. The second wine, you know, had a lot more fruit I could taste in it, right? And you'll just, you know, start to kind of understand better and challenge yourself about why you like or don't like certain types of wines. So it's not about drinking a lot of wine. No, it's which not. Which I, I kind of, I, I like to do time, yeah. from time to time. Well, you look like you do, <laughs> yeah. But it's really investing in your, in your hobby, in your craft, yeah, exactly. and just enjoying it and like, uh, that's awesome. That's just really going cool. deep, yeah. yeah. Yeah, just going deep. That's really cool. Yeah. So we have to dash off to lunch. Yep. But really appreciate you guys tuning in for the second time. Yeah, hopefully it worked this time. Yeah, hopefully it worked this time or I may not have a job. <laughs> so, <laughs> so thanks, guys. We're going to uh, go ahead and go to this, uh, this lunch. Um, we have Gabe, uh, Gary Vaynerchuk coming in later today to talk about probably social media technology, right. which is yep. cool. Yep. Katie Brown, our RVP, is going to be talking about you know business collaborations, what we're doing in the digital right. space. Later on this awesome. afternoon, yeah. Yeah, so it's going to be killer. Um, thanks for logging in, guys. Talk to you soon. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening today and having some fun with us in the podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please follow me on LinkedIn or at DRUSS Network, D-R-U-S-S Network on Twitter or Instagram. And you can also reach out to me anytime via email at Derek at thedatabinge.com. The Data Binge podcast is a personal thought forum where we share knowledge and ideas. Views and opinions expressed here do not reflect those of my employer, Microsoft. I really hope you enjoyed. Thanks a lot.